This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Harlem's Sonny Larry. Didn't you? He used to be the best of friends. We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. When you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You liked me yesterday. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. Happy New Year. Uh, just to start off by saying I apologize for my voice. I'm starting the new year with a bug, um, but nothing would stop me from wanting to talk about the first movie that we're reviewing this year, which is Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inisherin. I think you're striking the perfect balance of melancholic and spirited. Which is exactly what Banshees of Inisherin is. Oh, um, you know, I hadn't even really heard about this movie until a few weeks ago um, when Arvin mentioned that it had dropped on Disney+. Plus. I'm so, and so... I was very upset. And you were very upset because you had been wanting a cinema release for it. I stand by that 100%. This movie would have been gorgeous to watch on a large screen. But still... Um, I'm so glad I, I, we have an opportunity to watch it at all. It's such an amazing film. Um, I loved it so, so much. I loved it also. Um, I think it's one of my favorite movies of the last year, like easily, mm. right? Easily one of my favorite. Um, it's so interesting that you said that this should have been a cinema release because I was thinking I loved watching it at home. Um, I wish, like, I wish we had gotten to see it in the cinema on the big screen, but as an alternative, um, I cannot tell you like how glad I am that it just randomly landed on a streaming service here, like out of the blue with no advertising or marketing or introduction. Um, and that we get to discuss it right? because otherwise it would have just flown by. Um, don't know if we would have had a release, but just that the, I think the, the charm and the coziness um, and also the weirdness of the movie and being able to depend a bit on subtitles um, helped a lot for me. So yeah, it, it was a it was a fun alternative, just like watching it at home. And I really, really, really like this movie. I want to say this up front um, and say it early in the review, and I will affirm it throughout. Please watch this film. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. movie. Um, it it gave me all the things that I want a movie to to give. Right? Um, it was entertaining. It was emotionally satisfying. It was sad. It had action. It had comedy. It had drama. It just had everything that I wanted. Um, And I think that that clip kind of sets it up quite perfectly because it's two long-term friends, one of whom, um, Colm, played by Brendan Gleeson, decides that he no longer wants to be friends with Colin Farrell's Porrick. And he stands by that. He refuses to let him speak to him or sit with him. Um, It gets to the point where he threatens violence against himself um, should Porrick insist on imposing his friendship onto him. And and it's hard to tell exactly what's going on. Um, You know, things are thrown into the mix. Is he depressed? Um, Is there something wrong with the friendship? Is, you know, could it be something else? But I don't know. I I think that central mystery and also that central push and pull between 
niceness and greatness was such an interesting thing to explore in the course of the film? I think for me, it was also the balance between deeply funny, absurd scenes and dialogue and performances and sequences and deeply sad, tragic, melancholic, painful parts. And sometimes these two things happen simultaneously. Sometimes they're layered one on top of each other. Sometimes something happens that makes you want to laugh and then just seconds later, like gut punches you. It's such a fine line to walk and the movie uh, manages it beautifully. The performers manage it beautifully and i think there's something to be said for films like this right and and i it's a weird comparison to make and maybe i'm making it because i watched the northman so recently um but I think it reminded me in the same way that The Northman reminded me of this notion of what it means to be a man in the time that you live in. Um, and Banshees of Inishirin takes that on and you can choose to be quite, I think, um, atas about it and intellectualize it. Or you can just to choose to take the story as it is, the story of two friends who are deeply lonely in their own ways, uh, but are also kind of weird and funny characters. And there's so much to enjoy. I was never once bored. My attention didn't wander, even once, in a movie that is actually quite still and slow in many parts. Do you think that not intellectualizing it or not digging into the themes of the movie sort of um, dilutes the movie a bit? Because I... I know that sometimes like you can people can get pretentious about like think pieces and and getting too deep into a movie right but I think after the halfway mark especially towards the third act you have to get into like what what are they trying to say or what is this about or what what is the message here or what is um you know what are they speaking to because there's so much stuff about like you said um aggression and toxic masculinity and mental health and not seeking help um and they're using like such a simple setting and simple location to tell all these stories like su- such a complicated story about complicated people honestly who come up as very as simpletons like in the start you think they are just simpletons but then you find out they are not there's so much happening under the surface um and i was just wondering like i i've not seen a lot of thing pieces about this movie but it could benefit from some like video essays and some digging into the the themes right because there's so much there there is so much going on in the span of like what 2 hours like an hour hour 40ish minutes so i think we haven't spoken enough about the irishness of the movie because um it's an ex- extremely Irish film. Um, the filmmakers are Irish, the actors are Irish. Um, Arvin, earlier you mentioned subtitles. There's a reason why you know it, it's very helpful to have them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to your point about how much or how little we analyse it, right? it's interesting because I really like it as an analysis of um, loneliness and legacy. I, I think that that's very yeah. interesting to me. Um, each of the characters is so lonely. We, we mentioned um, Porrick and Colum, but actually Siobhan, um, who is Porrick's sister, played like really brilliantly by Kerry Condon um, and Dominic, played by Barry Keoghan, again, so, so well, um, are also so lonely and like grasping for, for meaning, again, in really absurd and funny, but also very dark ways. And that to me is... Um, personally the the reading of the film that has the most resonance i think maybe if i were in another part of the world uh, specifically along the british isles then the comparison to like the irish civil war perhaps would be of uh, more interest I don't personally, I, I don't think I know enough um, about the Civil War to see the resonances in the relationship. I know that that's one way to read the film, um, but I just saw the war as a constant backdrop 
to this much smaller but very intense battle nonetheless going on between two people. And also the reason why they are in some sense trapped, right? Because everything about this movie is an, an inability to do anything other than what you're doing now. Or the difficulty... On this crappy island yeah, in this crappy pub. Exactly. Crappy but also genuinely stunning. Like gorgeous, right? But they don't get any joy out of living in this space. And they can't choose to go outside of the island because there's a war on the mainland. So... Um, I think uh, you don't need to know much more than that. And actually, when I said you don't need to intellectualize, I think what I was trying to get at is you don't need to think too much to understand feeling lonely. You don't need to think too much to yeah. understand feeling trapped in a, a life that maybe you didn't choose and maybe don't want, but you're also reluctant or resistant to do anything about it. Um, so... I, I completely agree that there's so much here to pick apart and talk. And if you're a film nerd, uh, there's so many ways in which you could probably draw, uh, you know, allegories between the, the starkness of the landscape and the way, um, you know, the, the small spaces that they live in and how they may, you know, talk about religion versus what you choose to do with your life and all of these things. And those things are great. But even if you just went into this as a way to um, be human, uh, I think this film has so much to offer. Also, if you just go into this looking for a comedy, because it's yes. such a good comedy, like the movie <laughs> is is so, so funny. Um, but it's also kind of, it's important to say that it's also a bit um, disturbing in the sense that it can be funny, funny, funny. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, whoa, like, like what, what did I just watch and, and what is happening? So it has that flip-flop nature, but it does that flip-flop nature so well. It's, uh, it's such amazing writing, I think. So I, I think that if this is your first Martin McDonough, it's a really great introduction to his style uh, because it is exactly that, right? This idea of like pitch black comedy with really great banter and really sharp writing is kind of a McDonough signature. Um, and I feel like um, if you look at Three Billboards, which was his last movie, um, it, it had that, but it was also kind of the darkness sort of overcame everything. And that's a, a, a nastier film. And over time, I think it has only grown in nastiness. Uh, but Banshees doesn't feel that way. Um, it, it has it has all the stuff that, you know, if you're accustomed to him, you would like. Um, but also, I think it's weirdly kind of... A welcoming movie. I feel like even if you don't know much about the film or you don't know much about this style of writing or this part of the world or, or anything at all, um, it's still kind of a great entry-level movie, which is an odd thing to say about a film that we've also made sound kind of, you know, atas and intellectual. I actually haven't watched In Bruges, which is the closest relative to this one because of the reuniting of uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, right? Uh, but uh, Billboards, I I actually really loved, but I agree. That has an undertone of um, meanness and, and it's a lot more of a difficult movie to think back and say, oh, you should watch it because I like attach warning labels to it. But Banshees, I would 100% recommend um, and say, watch it because it's it's... The funniness actually um, makes it a lot more accessible. Some parts are just genuinely funny. I don't know if that's because between the two of them, there are no actual victims. Like they are victims, but they are victims mm. of each other. And you're kind of like one guy doesn't know how to communicate and the other one doesn't want to be communicated to. And you're just <laughs> like, what if these guys are just clowns stuck on this island? Um, maybe, maybe that's why. 
We're talking today about The Banshees of Inner Sharon, uh, written and directed by Martin McDonough. Um, also sees the reuniting, as Sharmila said, of the stars of In Bruges, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, let us know, have you watched it yet? Do you plan to? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at PFM Radio. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. Have you been rowing? Have you been rowing? Have we been rowing? Well, you are rowing. It does look like we're rowing. You can't just stop being friends with a fella. He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. Maybe this whole thing has just been about getting you to stand off for yourself. How are you, fatty? Dancing with your dog, is it? What did you come here for? I just came to kick your door and give you a slagging. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynch, Armila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Um, and I think the time has really come to talk about the performances because the writing is sharp and sparkling and really, really good. But it wouldn't come to life, I think, if the people embodying the characters weren't similarly sparkling and sharp and just so... I don't know, so so well done and well felt. And Colin Farrell is amazing. Brendan Gleeson is so good. Barry Kilgan is so good. Carrie Condon is so good. And, and just watching them kind of interact with each other is amazing. You know, every so often a movie comes along that re-reminds me of how good an actor Colin Farrell is because we tend to somehow remember him as the Hollywood bad boy or the one who does a string of flop films that no one really cares about. But he's such a good actor. Um, A movie like this requires you to believe that he is an everyman, semi-loser, stuck alone on an island. And when you see him off screen, it's almost impossible to ever think that, right? Um, But he's so, so good in this movie. He's so fragile. The moment he shows up with that haircut. Yes. You know exactly yeah. who this guy is. And and you're like, you're really good looking in real life. Like you're really confident and brash and good looking. And yet here you are. And I believe that your two best friends in the world are this surly man and a, and a miniature donkey. I completely <laughs> believe it. Um, and that's just Colin Farrell. You're absolutely right that the rest of the cast, even the supporting cast, Everyone is amazing. I mean, Brendan Gleeson is always good in everything, but um, I think I really wanted to give special mention to Kerry Condon for being the sole counterpoint to all this sort of weird stuck male energy that's happening in this film. Um, And Barry Keoghan, um, I don't know, every scene that he was in, he was so... He was so empathizable in in a character that's quite difficult to get right. And he nailed it every single time. We've seen Barry Keoghan in a bunch of things, right? I think this is easily his best thing that he has done. Like he like he really, really did something in this movie. Like the performance was so good. Um, but apart from like the main, the leads, uh, Brendan Gleeson and, and Colin Farrell, who are just like amazing, amazing at, at what they do. Um, I loved all the side bit players, like the people in the bar and the police officer and just like random characters. Mrs. McCormick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then people would show up in, in shops looking for gossip. Um, I think like they help so much to to make this place look below normal because it's supposed to be that kind of a town, right? It's not even a normal town or like a normal island. It's like nothing happens here. It's such a nothing burger place where no one does anything and no one matters. 
Um, and whoever these bit, bit players were, they were like ping-ponging off of each other. They were ping-ponging off of like uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, and it just created that that atmosphere, such a small, small, cozy, intimate, but also kind of claustrophobic, um, which I really loved. And so I think, you know, you contrast that kind of like regular village you know, claustrophobic feel with scenes in which a, a priest is asking somebody, how's the despair? And and I think it's yeah. that kind of comparison that really tells you, you know, what this film is. Because on the one hand, you've got just almost like weird small town hijinks going on. And on the other hand, um, the movie is also dealing with like serious existential questions and the performances need to balance that out. And Mrs. McCormick is kind of the embodiment of that balance, right? Because is she a ghoul? Or is she just is she a literal banshee? <laughs> exactly. Like, what is she? You know, why is she smoking a pipe? Like, all these sorts of questions, um, you know, kind of come up in the course of the movie, but also feel somewhat natural. Um, and, and that's the trick of the film, I think, that it manages to do a lot of heavy lifting while feeling really naturalistic. So it's important that the movie doesn't turn these people into uh, weirdos or caricatures, right? Um, and you know, some of this—that's what I—that's what I meant again, even with uh, Barry Keoghan's character Dominic, or for that matter, his father, who's the town uh, policeman, um, who is abjectly unlikable. Um, and you know, they drop in these reasons why he's unlikable, sort of very casually, and a lot of this could very easily tip over into losing that humor. And turning into something too dark or too weird, but somehow it never does. They all feel very human. Um, and I think um, I, I mentioned the landscape earlier and, and it, it's, it bears saying the same way um, Bruges got this uh, facelift or this invitation for the whole world to come visit. It's happening already with these islands, um, Ireland, islands in Ireland uh, because of how gorgeous they look. Um, but I think it's not superfluous to the story. The reason it's there, the reason the, the islands look the way they do is because they are a part of why the people are like that. Um, it's a part of what it feels like to have to walk with your donkey along, um, you know, views of the mainland hearing rifle fire, um, what it's like to, the only entertainment really is standing and staring at the sea and what that means in terms of that despair that you're talking about. Just speaking about that that despair, right? Um, if there was a kind of spectrum uh, for you guys to to label, like, does this movie make you more sad or there, there is some amount of frustration or is it more of a comedy? Um, because I came away feeling like it was more of a comedy plus dark comedy. So overall, I was happy with the movie. But there are elements of like sadness and frustration and anger and um, a lot of things are going on. So I was just wondering like if there was like a color spectrum or like a spectrum, how would you, how would you label this thing? I thought it was a very sad movie. Uh, personally, mm. I found it very sad. Um, and very funny. So I, I don't think I would call it a comedy because, you know, comedies, I feel like, have to end on a certain note. That's what makes them a comedy. Um, right. And this one left me feeling... This one left me feeling very sad, but very satisfied and having laughed a lot over the course of two hours. I don't know how else to describe it, but it, it did leave me feeling very melancholy. Yeah, melancholy, I think, is exactly it for me as well. Um, the movie ends in a way where perhaps it's not quite bereft, uh, which is which I'm glad because I think that would have pushed it a little too much. Uh, but I still went away feeling 
a little grey about life and a little grey about how difficult life can be for some people. Um, but also being able to find the humour in that was really, really nice for me. Mm, the only reason I asked that is because I would, I would watch this movie again. Um, oh, 100%. If, me too. Yes, you know, I can't wait. And, and, and most movies that make me feel overly sad, I would try to avoid or it would take me years before I come back to it. I would watch this movie again, like soon. Um, and I think that's why I labeled it as, uh, I found it more funny than anything. I think if I watched it again, and, and I do absolutely plan to watch it, I think over and over again through the years, um, I believe that each time I will come back to you with a different answer. I was thinking that mm. too, that it might entirely depend on what frame you're in when you watch it as well. Watching it at year end is an interesting one. Mm. It's, it's a yes. very interesting, interesting time, time to watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, and I think maybe watching it at the start of the year would be interesting too. If you haven't seen Banshees of Inner Sharon, uh, all three of us thoroughly recommend it. If you already have, uh, let us know if you enjoyed. Um, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.